hello. We are doing this for the second time because we had just recorded for nine minutes before we realized we were not recording. That so pisses me off. I know. This has happened once before. Yeah, but that was like 30 minutes. (laughs) Was it really? It was the entire beginning of an episode. Oh, shit. Oh, and then I feel like we tried to like hit the same beats again. It just never works when you do that. It didn't work. So we're not even going to try. That's going to be lost to the world. I'm not even going to tell you about the cool stuff that we talked about for that nine minutes, except for the fact that I do want to tell you that it broke my headphones. <laughs> yeah, right. Headphones are broken irritatingly, uh, but you have a pair, so it's fine. Yes. It's fine. I am fine. using a pair. Everything yeah. is totally fine. Today isn't ruined. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, we were, uh, you know, we talked about a whole bunch of stuff that's like super irrelevant, but what we didn't talk about is like the biggest change since the last time we did an episode. Yeah. Which is, we got this little, little piggy monster that lives with us now. Yeah. We got a second dog. We talked about how we were thinking about it. Little snorty piggy uh, monster. We did it. We found one. He's insane. We have named him Leroy Meatball Jenkins. (laughs) I always forget that we his middle name is Meatball. It's it's like his nickname. It's yeah. like a football player who has like the nickname in quotes. His right. nickname is Meatball. Leroy Meatball, Meatball Jenkins. Jenkins. Um, <laughs> so his name at the shelter. <clears throat> oh, I reached for one dog and I found another one. I yeah. like it. Um, <laughs> uh, his name at the shelter was Joker. Right. Which suits him because he has a mouth that's way too big for his face. One of those really wide dog mouths. <laughs> yeah. But and, like and also Pitbull mix, you know. But also I don't want uh I don't want to have like a joker name. I don't want this dog to look at me and say, We live in a society. <laughs> I just I couldn't do it. Yeah, just like after <sighs> like what the the whole Joker thing came to mean last year, it's just like I don't want I don't want to I don't want that in my house. Yeah. <laughs> Change the energy name Leroy Jenkins. So we were trying to think of alternate names. We were in the process of adopting him. He'd already been introduced to Bo, uh-huh. which went okay. Bo wasn't like super thrilled in the moment because there were lots of smells and sounds and he was panicky because yeah. his dog has anxiety. Well, also like the, the room that they have you meet that have them meet each other in is like, it's got like linoleum floor yeah, and it's very and small and he's slipping all over the place. And, uh, everywhere he goes, there's like a nose in his, uh, uh, uh in uh, his weenular area, in his weenie area or butt area. Right. Both things that Bo does not enjoy. Super high stress. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they were introduced and they were cool. And then we decided to proceed and go forward with the adoption, which meant we had to wait for them to do a home visit. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, this happened right before <laughs> the corona thing, because I, I don't think, I mean, it was at the very beginning of this. Yeah. So this might not have happened. Honestly, if we hadn't got him right when we did, <clears throat> we I don't think we'd be out shopping for dogs. Yeah. So um, someone came and basically it's just like an interview. They just talk to us about the dog and everything. And mm-hmm. then um, we move forward. We were told we were approved for him. I went and picked him up on a Friday. Mm-hmm. And he... He's trying to get up on the couch. Oh, yeah. He's having a hard time. He's doing so it. little He's, compared uh, to Bo. Oh my god! I'm sorry. That was cute. Um, <laughs> but we were before we got him. We were thinking of names, 
and I fell asleep one night with a couple names in my head. Yeah. And I I wrote them down before I fell asleep because I thought they were really good. And I woke up and looked at the note and remembered that one of the names I thought of was Leroy Jenkins. It's so appropriate. Because when we met him, he just barreled into the room. He like, yeah. as soon as he was able to, he like barreled over to Bo and tried to play. He almost knocked Bo over. He almost knocked you over. Yeah. He like I was in a squat, so he pretty much could have pushed me over. I was very vulnerable, and he, he almost did. He leads with his skull <laughs> and just like whacks his head into things. Yeah. Um. And since we've had him home, it's been proven many times that that is the right name for him because he does things like jump off of the couch onto Bo, like leap into the leap. air with like four, like jump onto the couch by kangarooing. Yeah. Like all four paws off the couch. I don't even know how a dog jumps like that. I don't know either. I swear he gets like three feet. Like he gets it's, like a big. It's insane. Yeah. Um, I don't know where they are right now. It makes me nervous when I don't know where they are yeah. or what they're doing. I think it'll be fine. It's fine. Um, so the reason he's down here with us, we were going to leave him upstairs, but he has learned how to open or knock down the the gate that we have. Yeah. So we can no longer gate him because he's figured it out. I saw I mean I, I I well I didn't see it, but what I when I turned my back the once he just I he pushed the gate like pushed it like the way you would maneuver it to open it. Yeah. With so his we head. we have one that's like long. It can pull out. It's a baby gate. And it has a hinge in the middle. So you can kind of open and close it. Mm -hmm. So he learned that he could get his snoot behind it and push it open. Yeah. So that's one way. And then the other way is he somehow learned to just knock it over and get through that way and just walk over top of it. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, we can no longer gate him. <laughs> no, it's not possible. It won't be possible. So he's down here being a podcast dog. Yeah. They're like both just kind of like swarming chill. around. And, uh, They're being chill right now, which yeah. is good. If they stay this way, cool. If they <laughs> don't, I don't know. We'll have to just throw them outside and leave them there. <laughs> I don't know what yeah, I'm um, But we can't do that because he's starting to dig <sighs> yeah, at the back fence. <laughs> he's kind of putting his head underneath the, uh, the What gate. we're saying is this might have been a mistake. <laughs> No. In um, some ways, I you know, sometimes I, I worry that maybe we screwed up, but I don't think that's really it. It's, no, it's just the anxiety of, like, not knowing what's going to happen next. He's a very good dog. He's he is. very sweet. He's very cuddly. Uh -huh. He's very playful with Bo. Yes. Bo is slowly but surely getting used to him. It's taking um, his time. It's only been, like, a week. Yeah. It's been it a hasn't week and, been like, very long. A week and, like, a day? Yeah. So he's, um... He's, he's, you know, he's settling in. Yeah. They're learning to like each other. <laughs> Leroy loves Bo. Yeah, that's true. Bo likes to play with Leroy, but. He's like way less sure of it. Yeah, he's mostly, I think what it is, is like when he's not playing, he wants his space. Mm -hmm. And Leroy does not respect space. No, I think that's true. At all. So, um, yeah getting used to that but he's been a very good boy he's mm -hmm. he's very drooly mm -hmm. he's very jolly he just makes a little, a little like a little <laughs> snorty piggy gremlin sounds yeah. he snores like a human oh my god it's it, so loud like a whole like 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 inches of drool will hang off his face as he walks around jiggling like <laughs> like a like a rope coming out of his mouth and then he'll shake his head and he'll wrap around his snoot and then he's just oh, gross yeah. and drooly that happens Ugh. 
you were sleeping the other day and he snuggled up to you and was snoring in your ear. Yeah, it's cute. It uh, is he's, cute. He's, he's good. He's adorable. He's a good boy. They're looks both good boys. He looks a little ribby to me. I'm going to feed that boy some more. I don't know. I think he's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. I think we ought to just get on with the thing and mm-hmm. play a game. Oh, I did. Before we do that, I oh, wanted God to mention one more thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so we, I don't know if we've talked about our love of the show Hot Ones on here before. I feel like we haven't <clears> mentioned <throat> it. Uh... But Hot Ones is basically a show online on YouTube in which they interview someone. Sean Evans is the interviewer. Yeah. But they interview a person while eating progressively hotter wings. Mm-hmm. Which adds a dynamic that you don't really think about, but that dynamic is that hot sauce fucks with your head. People let their guard down a little bit. Yeah, it puts you on uneven ground, Mm -hmm. and so you answer maybe a little differently than you normally would. Sure. And uh, it's really entertaining, and we've liked the show since we first discovered it years ago. Mm -hmm. Now Sean Evans has a game show. Right. Um, around. Although I feel like that won't wings. last. I don't know. Nah, it just I don't feels know. like a novelty. But um, we like Sean Evans. We like the show. And so for your other podcast, The Three Dudes Show, mm-hmm. we decided to do a Hot Ones Challenge Yeah. that I hosted. I got to be the Sean Evans. Yeah, right. It was my great honor. It, you did a great job. Thank you. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I came up with some questions uh, for each one of the wings we ate. We... I bought hot sauces for yeah. this, and uh, we decided on the order, and um, they kicked our ass. But we we all ate all of them. Yeah, that's true. We all actually made it to the end. Which it looked like Ben might not do it, and then he continued to do it. So something scary happened to his mouth. Oh and yeah, face. his his lips his were like lips paralyzed. Were like burning to the point of. Not being able to use them for a minute. Oh, it was that was really scary to look at. <laughs> yeah, it was a hot sauce <laughs> called been... de bomb, yeah. which is brutal. It's like eating mace, and I don't suggest it. Yeah. Fuck those people. It uh, contains uh, what like habanero puree and <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the other one? That's... I don't even know or care. It's just a bitch of a sauce. It's, it's like very, not nice. It's a mean. It doesn't taste good. Like the, for me, the point of eating hot stuff is it tastes good. You don't necessarily agree. I'm, the thing you is, like the to more challenge I, yourself. The more I think about it, it's almost like here's the thing: having been done done the thing, it's almost appetizing to me now. I want kind of want to do it again. I don't want to eat that sauce. <laughs> if it is a challenge like that, I'll eat it. Yeah. Almost all those other sauces, I will just eat. Mm-hmm. Not that one. We got to get the video together. Still gonna get the video file yeah, from there, Chris, so I can actually edit this together. There will be a video, and so you guys will let you know. You could watch it. Mm. Um, it was a lot of fun. I really liked writing those questions. I really enjoyed hearing your answers, and I just wanted to share that with everyone because it was something fun that we did. Yeah. And I'm proud. I ate all those sauces. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was cool. I made like uh, like eighty wings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a lot of wings. so many wings. Yeah. All right. Well, now I feel like I'm in the mood for a game. All right. The flow of the show is resumed. (laughs) Yes. It's time to play a game. What game are we going to play? It's a game I made up just now on the spot. Just now. Oh, my God. You're so smart. Mm, Thanks. (laughs) It's called Truesen's News. All right. You mean to tell me? You mean to tell me why you wouldn't happen to mean? It's time for truth and news. 
Everyone's playing. Everyone's playing. Famous game. Famous game. The game that's taking the internet by storm. A Merv Griffin production. <sighs> okay, so you ready to play? Well, I think I need you to explain <clears throat> the rules to me and a little bit about this game I since you I just made it up on the spot. Uh, just off the top of my head, I think uh, Truesen of News is a game, a classic game, a news game, and a game that's taking the internet by storm since creating it just this very minute right now, uh, in which I present to you two false stories, one true story. That's the uh, Truesen and the News. You have to determine which of the stories is the true story, the Truesen or the false story, the News. Oh, that was fantastic. Oh, yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> was a really good one. <sighs> All right, I'm ready. Okay, let's do it. All right, so. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> My phone turned off at just that moment. Okay. Uh, all right. Number one. Baltimore Mayor Jack Young, in an attempt to conserve hospital beds for coronavirus victims, asks residents to stop shooting each other. <laughs> okay. Number two. Where nine out of ten dentists recommend Colgate, one Vermont dentist recommends to his patients that they brush their teeth with a swig of bacon fat. All right. Number three. The Moon Denial Society, who believes that there is no such thing as the moon, celebrates its 50th birthday by firing 5,000 bottle rockets at the moon, which they maintain is not the moon. Okay. All right. Recap. All right. Number one. Baltimore Mayor Jack Young, in an attempt to conserve hospital beds for coronavirus victims, asks residents to stop shooting each other. <clears throat> Number two, where nine out of ten dentists recommend Colgate, one Vermont dentist recommends to his patients that they brush their teeth with a swig of bacon fat. Number three. <sighs> The Moon Denial Society, who believes that there is no such thing as the moon, celebrates its 50th birthday by firing 5,000 bottle rockets at the moon, which they maintain is not the moon. All right. <laughs> I like this one. All right, here's my recap. Okay. Number one, if we knew gang violence was this easy to stop. Yeah, right. That's it. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nice. Number two, now we know about that last dentist. Mm -hmm. and number three, that's no moon. It's not a moon. Oh, shoot. Uh, what are they doing? Hey, settle, da settle down. <laughs> Jesus. Please do not play right now under what? the podcast Sorry, table. Sorry, what did you say Thank the third you. one was? That's no moon. It's not a moon. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, these are good. Something about the way... Hey! I just okay, yelled into the mic. don't scream into the mic, Sorry. please. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I didn't Jesus. pull away fast enough. <laughs> now you got to hear a dog mom voice. Yeah, I'm going to mark that right now. To, yeah. Uh, to uh, try and cut that down Sorry, a guys. Bit. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> that's our life right now. Um, the second one, the dentist one, just something about the way it's written just feels... Too perfect. Um, I'm going to go with the truth is the, the that's no moon, it's not a moon. The 50th anniversary of their group that believes it's not a moon. The Moon Denial Society. Yes. I busted you. Which one is it? Honest to God, true story. Baltimore Mayor Jack Young asks people politely okay. to stop shooting That each also other. felt like it could have been real. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I mean, like, the thing is, it's a, it feels silly on some level because, like, you, you know, it, the nature of the thing. Like, you can't just ask people to stop doing crime because that's yeah. why crime exists is people do crime. Yeah. You know, they've already been asked to stop. That's the law. <laughs> but there is some rationale behind it, which is, you know, in 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 talking to people, he said, you know, like we like a we just can't like have this much you know violence. We just can't like sustain it. But also like, you know, the people that might need a hospital bed and not be able to get one might be like, you know, your grandma, your grandpa, like people, you know. So he's talking very directly to people like like maybe like if you're going to kill each other, just don't do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. wait. Put your gang activity on pause. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, I thought it was an interesting, I thought it was an interesting, you know, uh, I don't know. When the last time was someone just basically said, please don't do crime. <laughs> you know? I get it. I get it. Yeah. It seems like especially. And also, like, fuck you for tricking me. <laughs> <laughs> the Moon Denial Society does not exist. I looked it up. That was really good. Right. That was really good. I'm surprised it doesn't exist. Yeah, well, I'm sure there's something like it, but that that by that name Specific does not exist. Name. Yeah, I like the idea though of like people that like they don't just deny like that they're the moon landing. They don't think that the Earth is flat. They just don't think that that's <laughs> the moon. Whatever you're looking at, it's not the moon. Well, we do know there is a group of people that kind of think something like that, which is people who believe in reptilians, mm. because they think the moon is basically a signal booster. Oh, really? Yeah, remember that? That's a long time ago we that did that episode. That is a really long time ago. But basically, one of the theories is that, like, the moon is a signal booster for the hologramic reality that they're projecting onto us. Okay, right. So it's just, like, it's it's sending that hologram, this reality we live in. What which, a, uh, reptilians, it's real shit right now. Work on that. <laughs> Maybe change the station or something. Yeah, right. Not, not enjoying the simulation. <laughs> I would like a different simulation, I please. I would like off this ride, please. I will take the other pill. I chose wrong. <laughs> <laughs> wow, actually, I can't believe I busted you. Yeah. yeah. And busted makes you feel good. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a reference a lot of people get. No, no, that's part of the Ghostbusters theme. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, Bustin' makes him feel good. It's very uncomfortable for me now. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, well, shit, why don't we just uh, take a break here? Yeah, and get we, into this. When we come back, we'll do <clears throat> episode 99. 99, guys, which means we have a lot of work to do. For what if, the we, next what if we just stopped and never did 100? <laughs> Like we did it, yeah. But we just kept saying we're gonna do it. Don't yeah, right. worry, yeah. we're getting around to it. Oh, anyway, yeah. stick that around. Sounds like it could happen. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute with the main segment for the episode. <laughs> should have got more coffee. I missed Do you want to go get coffee? No, it's okay. You want a little sip of my energy drink? No, I got like a half a cup of coffee. Okay. I just should have got more. All right. Everything is fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, dead 
air. Sorry, second dog is sitting under the table, and I'm not used to a dog that can literally sit up under a table. Oh, wait, he's like, oh, weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's short. I was distracted by it. I was like, wait a minute. That's not normal. Yeah. Um, so, episode 99, Super guys. weird. Super weird. It the feels topic. so odd to have spent so much time. I, I yeah. Really, like, we have put a lot of time into doing this. Yeah. When you hit a hundred of anything, it's like, whoa, slow down. I did that a hundred times. Why am I still doing it? <laughs> it wasn't good any of the times. Why do I keep trying? It was trying? mediocre most of them and outright bad for several. <laughs> no. No, we do it because it's fun and we enjoy it and yeah. uh, we get to learn things and then immediately forget it, but then relearn it if we listen again. Right. So. It's great. <laughs> it's awesome. I get to remember all the things I once knew and cannot retain inside my brain. So this is like removable storage for your brain. Yes. It's <laughs> fantastic. <clears throat> anyway. anyway. Hi. Hey. So this topic, I have not told you what it is. No, you have not. Um, It is Strange Nature. This was on the list. Oh. So... The world is insane right now. Yes. We're secluding ourselves from other people. It is not fun. Um, but some people are finding some solace in nature, so I'm bringing some of that solace to Goose Chase. Okay. I like it. Nature is beautiful and intense, and just like animals, plants develop defense mechanism and ways to acquire nutrients. Ooh. And this week is all about weird, interesting plants. We've, awesome. We've had this on the list for a while. So I'm going to start with some interesting plants that just like look cool or weird or special in some way. And then I'll get into two other different categories of yeah. plants that are weird and cool. So the first one is Romanesco broccoli. Also, uh, what well, has an edible flower bud. Okay. <clears throat> have you ever heard of this plant? I have not. It's, 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 it's not broccoli, right? It's something. It's edible. It really? is related to broccoli and cauliflower. It's just like not like broccoli like I would think of broccoli, right? No. Okay. No. But it, it probably <laughs> tastes somewhat similar if you were to find it and eat it. Okay. I think you can occasionally find it in stores, but not really in... Romanesco. I haven't really seen it, but it is edible. It's a vegetable. Okay. Its color is chartreuse, so that like bright... Light green color. Oh, okay. I actually didn't know what color chartreuse <laughs> so I, was. So I specified. Um, the, its appearance, and I put this first because I know you'll enjoy this, mm -hmm. is a natural approximation of a fractal. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So it looks like a mix between broccoli and cauliflower. It's also related to green cauliflower, which is like a slightly different color, but looks very similar to this. Okay. Um, but yeah, it appears to be a fractal, the way that its little vegetation, its like leaves or yeah. petals on the top are arranged. I love fractals. On the vegetable. I should find a picture of it for you. You don't have to do it right now. Oh, whoa, shit. Slow down, Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so there's a coffee table in this basement with a glass top. Yeah. How long until to... they go careening into it? Yeah, probably not that long. These <sighs> guys are just messing around right now. They're chewing each other's heads while yeah, we they do, do this. They do that. <laughs> they like it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I'm going to Romanesco broccoli. I just want to get a little picture of it for you because mm -hmm. it's it's super pleasing to look at, guys. Like, it just looks <laughs> neat. I it like... doesn't look like a real thing that you should or could eat. All right, dudes, knock it off. 
Oh, whoa. It That's looks so like, cool. It looks like an up close like picture of like a flower in nature, but not something you would eat. Not no. something that's edible. All right, dude. All right. Hey, hey. Knock, knock it, it off. off. Come on. Come on. No, no. <laughs> oh my god. We might need to take a break. All right. It's okay. No, they're like pulling on cables and shit. Okay. All right. <laughs> what have we done to our life? I don't know. Um, so the second one yeah. is Dragon Blood Tree, okay. also known as Dracone Cinnabari. Cinnabari? Native to Socatra, the Socatra Archipelago, how do you pronounce it? Archipelago. Archipelago? Archipelago. It's a part of Yemen in the Arabian Sea. Uh-huh. It's called a dragon tree due to its dark red resin that gives the appearance of blood. Oh, so creepy. if you were to scar the tree, like, it, like trees have sap, yeah. theirs is like a red resin that runs down. That's like really unnerving to me. Um, it has a unique appearance. It has upturned, densely packed crown that has the shape of an uprightly held umbrella. It's like a mix of a palm tree and Beaker the Muppet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like how Beaker has that like thick neck and then like his hair yeah, right. on the top that goes yes. right in from his head. That's what this tree looks like. <laughs> okay, I dig it. It's basically oh. like a type of palm tree. Oh, they're moving the table. For God's sake, stop it. <laughs> Just stop. Jeez. Go. Go lay down. We like technical difficulties uh, is the we're, Sorry. we're episode 99 and we can't just get it together. Well, we just got a new dog. Sorry. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Um the next I I find all these interesting. So I'm going to stop saying I find this interesting. <laughs> There's a reason I chose them. Um it's called the Titan Arum. It's the flowering plant with the largest unbranched inflorescence and inflorescences Inflorescence is a group or cluster of flowers. Okay. So it's not one single flower. It's a group of them, but it's the largest okay. um, in the world. It's over three meters in height, which is about ah. 10 feet. Oh, my God. It requires seven to 10 ah. years of vegetative growth before it blooms for the first time. Hmm. And then after that, it might bloom again in two to three years or sometimes seven to 10 years. Uh, and it usually wilts in 24 to 48 hours. So it takes 7 to 10 years to bloom. It lasts a day or two, and then it dies, and then it's years again Okay. before it can bloom again. Wow. Um, the bloom, so the, all this wait for this flower, this ginormous flower, it doesn't last long. It's got to be great, right? Well, the bloom smells like rotting meat. I know what you're talking about now. <laughs> it attracts carrion, eating beetles, and flesh flies. Yeah, like they say it basically smells like <clears throat> a rotting corpse or something. Yeah, there's, this is not the only plant like this. I have a couple other ones I mentioned too. But yes, it. Okay. and a lot of times the reason plants smell like that is it's attracting a specific kind of insect that will do its pollination for it. Mm-hmm. Um. So the old leaf dies, and then a new one grows in its place, and then it it blooms after several more years, uh-huh. lasts again for one or two days, smells like rotting meat, <laughs> starts over. There's a couple of these that are like in places where they grow plants. <laughs> Hold on. I'm forgetting the name. You mean to tell me. I wanted to call it a museum. <laughs> 
a plant museum. A plant museum. You know. You know what I mean. Yeah. You're talking about like a like a. Uh, no, you can't think of it. Shit. See? No, like a green, not like a greenhouse, mm. or like an like an arbor uh, arboreum. Arbor arboretum. A burrito. Oh my god! Yes, in a burrito. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. All right. Next plant is the jabuticaba. That sounds familiar to me. Which is also known as the Brazilian grape tree. Hmm. It's native to Minas Gerais, Gauss, and Sao Paulo in Brazil. Okay. It's purplish. Its fruit is purplish black. And it has a white pulp on the inside. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about it is the fruit grows directly on the trunk of the tree. Oh, that's weird. You don't see that a lot. Yeah. And it's eaten raw a lot of the time. But there's they produce so much of it. And it's such a sweet fruit that they often make jellies, jams, wines, juices out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's continuously irrigated, it flowers frequently. And since it's tropical... Um, fruit can be available on it year-round, which is why it's so prevalent in right. Brazil. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and sometimes people use it as a bonsai tree, which I found really interesting. I don't know mm. if it fruits as a bonsai version, but... Fruits. Fruits. I said that weird. <laughs> Energy drink. My, my mouth doesn't work. Um, but if you look at a picture of the tree, like you'd understand why they use it as a bonsai. It has okay. a really cool look to it. It's sort of like... Uh, is it is it the fruit part or is it the tree part that the the tree part the tree itself okay. you can use it make a smaller bonsai version of it that's cool bonsai trees are cool I am not good with plants we should get one we should see if we can keep one alive <sighs> there's a bajillion different <laughs> kinds I knew someone who got really into this for a while yeah and did all this research and it was like overwhelming <laughs> all the different all all the different types of plants you can use and the ways of training it and like the philosophy behind it they're beautiful sure but it it's a lot of work and i am not good at that (laughs) so next is the welwichia tree Hmm. also known as a tree tumbo um it's tree tumbo tree tumbo (laughs) it's another name for it that's a weird name um I, I think the person who originally called it that, they thought the region it was in was called the Tumbo region, and so he called it Tree Tumbo. Yeah. Or like Tree of the Tumbo. Okay. Um, it's also referred to as a living fossil. It's found in the Na- Namib, de- Namib Desert in Namibia and Angola. Okay. It doesn't flower. It has two leaves that continuously grow and, like, grow under themselves. Oh, that's cool. It looks like a dead plant. It gives the appearance of dead plant matter, which is why it's called living fossil. Okay. Um, Some plants, this is great, can be over 1,000 or 2,000 years old. No shit. This is, like, an ancient, continuously growing plant. It just grows under itself. And it just looks like a dead plant when you look at it because the leaves are all over the place. Yeah. It's uh, really interesting. Wow. I kind of want to see a picture of that one later. You don't have to do it right now. Well, we'll we'll look it up for you. It's really neat. It just looks like a dead plant. That's like you wouldn't even know. It probably took a while for people to discover it because they're like, oh, it's a dead plant. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I sure hope we eventually run into a live one of these. <laughs> um, <laughs> the next plant is the Psychotria alata. The common name oh is God. called Hooker's Lips. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
sex you, worker's lips. You made a face. You're like, I don't want to say it. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shrub found in the understory of rainforests. Uh-huh. It has two red bracts, which are like modified leaves. So like one crawls under and one crawls above. Uh-huh. And before it flowers, so the flower would be in the middle of those. But before it flowers, um, the bracts resemble bright red human lips. Whoa. So it's like one folds above, one folds below, and they're kind of closed. And they uh-huh. look like lips. They're okay. bright red. So sure. the rest of the plant is green. And then you just have these bright red bracts. That's so weird. And then eventually when it flowers, it'll come out from between the two of them. Um, it The shape attracts hummingbirds and butterflies, which are its main pollinators. So you you see with a lot of these plants, they have like really weird like modifications, uh-huh. but most of it is to attract its pollinators. Like Yeah, that makes sense. For whatever reason. So it's in the understory of the rainforest. It needs to do something to get plants to come to it. So that color, or, or you mean like, or to get bugs or yeah. whatever to come to it, bugs and birds, and um, you know, hummingbirds are attracted to like that red. Oftentimes, when you use like a feeder, you use a bright red, a right. sweet liquid. Yeah. So yeah, that's looks like lips. Hooker's lips. Hooker's lips don't like it. <laughs> I don't. That's what it is. It's not very. It's not very nice. But mm-hmm. yes. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I like red lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Not a sex worker. <laughs> Some people are, and that's okay. I'm not. And weird to name a plant that. <laughs> this sensitive plant is really cool, and this is a plant a lot of people have in their home. Like you can grow this plant in as a house plant, uh-huh. um, and people do because it's really neat. It's called the mimosa pudica. Mimosa pudica. 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 Also known as the sleepy plant or action plant. It's Hmm. a creeping annual. Okay. And it has compound leaves that close in response to specific stimuli. Oh, okay. Um, Things like darkness, touch, warmth, blowing like a a strong breeze or blowing on it or shaking. Okay. Um, Basically, the the stuff that would indicate something's on it or... On it or near it or could harm it. Yeah. Um, not sure of the exact reason that it does this. There's a lot of possibilities. One is to um, disincentivize predators or scare off herbivores. Mm-hmm. Like if if an herbivore is going to eat it and then it very quickly snaps. Like yeah, that will scare something in, away. Yeah. It'll it'll move away. Sure. Um, it could be used to shade the plant to reduce water loss from evaporation. Yeah. Um, but if you see one of the, you can see clips and gifs of these things in action, but you like tap one of the leaves, just like touch it and all the leaves fold in. They like kind of fold down flat. That's cool. It's really neat. Um, it's almost a similar action to when you see like a, something I'll talk about later, like a Venus flytrap. Except instead of like two snapping shut, it's a line of individual Mm -hmm. leaves and they just fold down that has to look cool it looks really cool it's almost like a dump like a domino effect oh yeah but on a plant of course (laughs) (laughs) so that's the last one i included in just the list of you know regular plants that are really cool or unique in some way yeah the next group of plants are parasitic plants oh so parasitic plants sounds um, like metal it means (laughs) 
They derive some or all of their nutritional requirements from another living plant. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means they might not be able to um, photosynthesize themselves. Uh-huh. So this is why these in the next group of plants are so, they are metal. They're so cool to me mm-hmm. is they've evolved to be able to survive in situations that aren't ideal for them to survive in With by the help using of something else, by using something else. That's cool. So in the case of parasitic plants, they use another plant to kind of steal nutrients off of. Yeah. Right. So the first one I'm going to talk about, you'll recognize because we've seen it. Oh, really? It's bear corn. Oh, bear corn. Your brother is really into bear corn. Yeah. He pointed out a couple parasitic plants to us on a walk that we took. Yeah. And every time we saw bear corn, he pointed it out. (laughs) Um, So if you want to see bear corn, ask my brother Gary and he'll take you to Mill Creek Park and he will show you bear corn. It's everywhere over there. Yeah. Um. It's it, also called Conophilus americana, or the American cancer root. Ooh. It's a non-photosynthesizing. Its bloom resembles a pine cone or a cob of corn. Yeah. Um, when it's, like, blooming, it's, like, white and yellow. But when it's not, it's, like, a dark brown. Yeah, that's mostly how we saw it. Was yeah. Like, it was know, a little out of season when we saw it. Middle winter. Um, it grows from the roots of mostly oak and beech trees. I think it was under oaks when we saw it. There were beech trees around, but it was mostly under the oaks. The oaks. Oh, God. Can't talk. (laughs) Under the oaks. It's a, it, uh, preys on woody plants. So beeches and oaks. That makes sense. It depends on the host tree for nourishment. So it has suckers on its parasitic roots. And they cause the formation of like large rounded knobs on the roots of the host trees. So they kind of like latch on to suck the nutrients out. Okay. Um, if that's how that one works, it's it's really cool that that's something we've seen and we have it around. As so, soon as I was like, oh, I want to look up parasitic plants, I knew I wanted to put that one on the list. That's cool. Um, the next one is really cool to me. It's called snow plant or Sarcades sanguinae. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets its sustenance from micronizal fungi, and that term, mycornizal, micronizal, mm-hmm. just means it's a symbiotic relationship. Okay. So it's a fungi that it has a symbiotic relationship with. So it, this isn't a parasitic plant that directly gets its nutrients from a host tree. It gets its nutrients from a fungus that gets the nutrients from a host tree. Doesn't it blow your mind that, like, these arrangements come together in nature? It does. That's why I wanted to talk about this stuff, because it's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, the, the the structure of how these things happen is, it's it almost <clears throat> gives the appearance of intent. It's so amazing yeah. how it all comes together. It's so cool. Yeah. But it, it's just, like, a plant needs to survive, and so it finds a way to survive. Yeah, right. And the ones that do keep doing that. Yeah, and you don't hear about the ones that don't because they don't exist anymore. Yeah, right. Like nature's out there right now trying all kinds of shit. <laughs> right. Throwing everything throwing at the wall. Throwing everything at the wall. Yeah. Um, so it it can't photosynthesize. So what it does is it provide the plant provides fixed carbon to the fungus. Mm-hmm. And the fungus provides nutrients, water, and protection from pathogens. 
So the snow plant steals sugars from the host plant through the fungus. So the fungus will be on the roots of the host plant yeah. and get the sugars that it got from photosynthesizing and everything. Yeah. And then the um, snow plant provides carbon to the fungus and in return gets everything it needs to survive. That's so amazing and complicated. One other cool thing about it is that it's a bright scarlet red. Oh. And its flowers are an interesting formation. They're wrapped in like multiple strap-like pointed bracts with like fringed edges. Okay. And because of the way that it works, it can survive like all through the winter. And in the wintertime, the reason it's called the snow plant, I think, is because in the wintertime, you'll just see these bright red plants rising up through the snow. I see you're hearing the dogs upstairs. Yeah, he's above us. Yeah. Yeah, Leroy took himself upstairs. That's the craft room. Mm, it's closed. He might be in the hallway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Focus. I know. So, yeah, you'll see just like this bright red plant in the snow, uh-huh. which is why they call it snow plant. The next one is another smelly one. It's the stinking corpse lily. Oh, wait a minute. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, the, I told you, there's I, a lot of them. I remember the name. Just the stinking corpse lily. Like, yeah. Huh, I wonder what that's like. Also known as Raphalesia arnoldi. Mm-hmm. It's uh, neither a corpse nor a lily. <laughs> <laughs> it produces the largest single flower on Earth. So the other one, the... Um, Titan Aurum produces, like, the largest group of flowers, but this is the largest single flower. Yeah. It has a very strong, unpleasant odor of decaying flesh. Uh Uh-huh. It's parasite on several vines of the genus Tetra Sigma. Um, So it doesn't have any leaves or stems or roots. It's just flower. Yeah, really. Yeah, I remember seeing Very interesting. So it's similar to a fungus. It it grows as these thread-like strands of tissue completely embedded within the, the surrounding host cells. Mm-hmm. And it gets its nutrients in water from the host. Uh-huh. And its scent attracts flies, which pollinate the plant. Sure. So that's how it continues to live. But it just like... It basically injects its tissue into the host plant and just survives off of it. Doesn't have roots or anything. That's so super weird. Cool. Yeah. So just this big red flower, giant flower that smells like death. Yeah. <laughs> it's so strange. The horror of discovering that. Yeah. Like you think you're about to find a body and yeah. you just find this flower. <laughs> God, like before anyone knew what that Heck. was, just must have been so weird. Um, the last one of the parasitic plants, and keep in mind there are like so many more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are just ones that I found that I thought were cool. Mm-hmm. This one is called Hynora africana. It's native to southern Africa. It has parasitic roots um, on the euphorbisae plants. Okay. It grows underground except for a fleshy flower that's above ground, and it smells of feces <laughs> in order to... Attract dung beetle and carrion. Poop flower? Yeah. Um, Poop flower. It's flowers trap beetles until they pick up um, pollen, Mm -hmm. and then they go and and pollinate 
Okay. This plant doesn't photosynthesize. And the way it it gets nutrients from its host plant is that it has like an acid, like an enzyme that dissolves the roots of the host plant enough for it to like attach to it. Oh, okay. So it just kind of softens it up and then like latches on and starts yeah. pulling stuff through the roots. Yeah. Really that's, cool. That's wild to me. So the last group of plants are carnivorous plants, plants that are able to survive again in difficult terrain. Because they, you're so excited for I this. am very excited they, about this. They get some of their nutrients from a prey. Yeah. It's usually insects of some kind or arachnids. Usually while saying, feed me, Seymour. Yes. So the first one we're going to talk about <laughs> is the Venus flytrap. Okay. Which I think everyone's heard of or seen yeah. some version. I've owned a few of them. They oh, are, really? Yeah, they are cool. They never last. They yeah. die like immediately, but I've owned a few of them. You know, they're they're very cool. So it catches prey, usually insects and arachnids, by shutting when a sensitive trigger, it, when its sensitive trigger hairs are touched. Yeah. Now, what I didn't know about them mm-hmm. is that they have specific, like, there's specific things that have to happen in order for it to close uh-huh. because that it expends energy to close mm-hmm. and it doesn't want to close for no reason. Right. So it can distinguish between something like a drop of water uh-huh. or an actual prey. Yeah. I, I know it will respond to poking. I mean, yes. If you get in there with like a, like a number two pencil. Yeah. But, but that would, would, trip basically the requirements uh-huh. so the prey has to trigger two hairs within 20 seconds or the same hair in rapid succession uh, before it yeah. will close on it that makes sense so basically it needs to know like oh something's like walking inside of me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so trapped prey continues to stimulate the inner surface of the lobes which then basically seals hermetically uh-huh. forming a stomach of sorts and then Jasmonic acid, which is a hormone, controls the release of digestive enzymes. And the digestion is catalyzed by an enzyme called hydrolase. And it digests the prey. The husk of the prey is left behind. So whatever, like, exoskeleton it would have had is just left behind there. And then it starts again. Um, Now, the water wheel, I'm not going to get into in detail, but basically the water wheel is the same thing as a Venus flytrap, just underwater version. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that existed. Yeah, it's just an underwater version of it. (laughs) That's cool. Uh, The next one was really interesting to me. It's called the Cobra Lily, or Darlingtonia californica. Hmm. It grows in bogs and seepage slopes. Um, It uses its carnivory to supplement nitrogen, which its environment is lacking in. Mm-hmm. So it has these tubular leaves that resemble tubular. a rearing... <laughs> totally tubular. <laughs> that resemble a rearing cobra, which is where it gets its name from. Okay. Um, and it do, if you look at it, it looks like a, a snake that is upright with its head in that, like, strike position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is a pitcher plant, which means it either catches or modulates its water supply inside itself in some way. Okay. Sorry, he's, he's, he's like digging in the couch. This is like, I'm sorry, I'm like off the rails. Leroy. Anyway. Um, so it doesn't trap rainwater. It's like one of the only pitcher plants that doesn't trap rainwater. 
but it regulates its level of water inside the like pitcher part mm-hmm. um, by physiologically releasing and absorbing water into the trap that's been pumped up from the roots. Oh, okay. And so essentially it kind of like drowns its play and use it prey and uses an enzyme to break it down. That's and cool. It has like lubricating secretions on the inside of it. Mm-hmm. Gross. And uh, <laughs> downward facing hairs that like push the prey in. <clears throat> right. And then the exit is hidden. So in the part that looks like a rearing cobra, it kind of yeah. folds under. The exit hole is in that part that's folded under. So it's hard for a prey to get to once it's in. Okay. And it has all these false exits that are like translucent false exits. So the prey will try to like get out and go to these false exits and tire itself out and then fall down into it where it's broken down in the water with the enzyme. What a horrible way to go. (laughs) Yeah. And the, the, I think it was a Wikipedia page that I saw for it. It said, like, you can tell that this is successful because if you look inside, you'll just see, like, the bodies of the dead insects. And oh, it, like, my it, God. It's a very successful <laughs> mechanism. Wow. Uh, the next one is one of my favorites. It's called Rorigula, R-O-R-I-D-U-L-A. Mm-hmm. It's an evergreen insect-trapping shrub. It has uh, star-symmetrical flowers that have five stamens with anthers that kink down and then they... They flip up if the nectar-containing swelling at the base is touched. So the reason I like it is that it doesn't break down insect proteins itself. It attracts bugs of the genus Pyrimidae that prey on the trapped insects that it catches. And then that bug deposits its feces on its leaves, and they take in the nutrients from the droppings. On its leaves. Okay. So it's another symbiotic relationship, but instead of a fungus this time, it's with an insect. Yeah. So it does the and hard poop. work of, of trapping. It's always with poop. <laughs> <laughs> of trapping the prey, and then the uh, other insects come and eat it and share its nutrients. That's cool. Um, Genlisia is the second to last of these carnivorous plants. It's a gene, a whole genus of carnivorous plant, referred to as corkscrew plants. Huh. They use highly modified underground leaves to tra- attract, trap, digest, um, like microfauna and protozoa. Underground leaves? Mm-hmm. I'll explain in a second. Okay. It was suggested by Darwin that this plant was carnivorous, but it wasn't proven until 1998. Okay. So that's like not that long yeah, ago. Right. Um, <laughs> wonder so, how, wonder how he got that impression. I don't know. Smart dude. He he looked at a <laughs> lot of plants and stuff. Um, so two type it has two types of leaves. The first type is the photosynthetic foliage above ground, and the second type is a modified subterranean leaves that are below. It has no roots, but these trap leaves basically perform similar functions that roots would. So the trap okay. leaves are white. Um, they they don't have any chlorophyll. They're cylindrical and and hollow kind of at the base. And then um, they like bifurcate into these like spirals. Okay. So the spirals kind of find their prey and draw them in and push them into the hollow part. Mm-hmm. So in, in the 
spirals have hairs on them that point inwards and the hollow cylinder has hairs that point upwards and it just kind of like pushes them in and traps them and get you know digest them from in there hmm. but really interesting and doesn't have real roots it has these leaves that act like roots but yeah. aren't roots i don't think i've ever heard of any plant having subterranean yeah. leaves yeah and i'm sure at first they were like these are roots and then they're like these roots are eating bugs. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be. That's a really weird thought. Yeah. Um, so the last one is called sundew or drosera. Mm -hmm. It's the largest genera of carnivorous plants with at least 194 species. Huh. They lure, capture, and digest using a using stocked mucilaginous glands mucilaginous mm -hmm, that cover the leaf surfaces so they have a couple different kinds of glands that are like that are attached to the leaves and kind of above the leaves and they're kind of like tentacles is the way they describe them okay and one of them is is the mucilaginous ones they're sticky and so they help trap insects and prey okay. and then the other kind um is like the digestive enzymes okay and so they the insect prey supplement the poor mineral nutrition of the soil they like sticky trap them and digest them and get the minerals out of them because the soil is shit and <laughs> doesn't provide what the plant needs okay but that's what's fascinating about all of these is like they live in areas they could not live, but they supplement by finding ways, ingenious ways, to trap bugs. Yeah, right. And and get something from them. I so. I love things like plants that eat like eat things. That is so yeah. wild to me. It, it's it's very interesting. I, I don't know why. When I was a kid, I I feel like I remember thinking that like the venus flytrap when when it was done and opened its mouth that the shadow of the bug was still on it but that's insane that's not how shadows work well the husk is still in it right but like i thought it, it might have seemed like a shadow but it was it was like the outside of the bug yeah that it couldn't digest that's so like wild. the exoskeleton so i can understand why you'd think that oh, nope leroy he's chewing a blanket god damn it this has been impossible <laughs> It's, it, we had to stop multiple times because this dog is a lunatic. Uh, if he chews up that blanket, which my grandma crocheted. Oh, yeah. We're not doing that. I will go well, insane. <laughs> <laughs> it is the end of this episode. Um, and this has been a difficult one for us, but hopefully enjoyable for you guys. Yeah. Um, just a little bit of nature and uh, examples of perseverance to show you that we can stay inside and not get sick and not lose our minds. You know, it's really, really cool that it's plants. I mean, like, yeah. we, I feel like we often don't, like, I don't know, plants are... You, we you take them for granted. We don't appreciate, like, the ingenuity. Yeah, like, just because they don't have, you know, brains or nervous systems or all this stuff doesn't mean they don't, like do it, it would it would almost appear that they do things when i mean you know, of course there's no will there but like they just do stuff some of these are like very active they they move quickly they respond to a stimulus quickly yeah. and it's really cool to see that i you would really enjoy seeing the videos of like a sensitive plant yeah um, and, and probably some of these carnivorous plants at work. I mean, we've all seen videos of like the Venus flytrap. Yeah, right. 
It's really cool to see. It's, which, which also the Venus flytrap has just a metal look to it because it's got like yeah, it's those a gaping that, maw. It looks like teeth. It's so cool. Yeah, that they act as like a gate. Yeah. And I, when I was doing the research, I read that the the way they're spaced and the size that the interlatching mm-hmm. like little leaves are is purposeful because really tiny insects can get out. So it doesn't waste its time on oh. them. So only the bigger ones that are a better nutritional source will stay behind. Yeah. You know, that's probably why all my Venus flytraps die is I, 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 I fuck around with them. <laughs> I like poke them and they close and then they're like nothing. Use a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah, right. Probably why they all die. Because I, <laughs> I sit there poking them with a stick like a little kid. Sometimes, going, what do you, sometimes do you gotta feed it flies. I guess so. <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how you find a fly and like get it in yeah, there maybe it would eat like mealworms if you just dropped like a mealworm in there or like a or like a like a little piece of pepperoni <laughs> a little bit of salami is probably okay as a snack it should be fine <laughs> a small amount of salami is fine for your venus fly trap uh, it should, should be fine should be fine <laughs> Uh, well, uh, that's episode 99, my dudes. I, I think that's been on the list a really, really long time. Yes, we've had it on there, and it was just a matter of deciding what to actually look at. This is kind of hard yeah. to decide what to talk about because there's so many cool plants. Yeah, that's the thing is, uh, and again, there's like a billion more no of shortage of all this. these categories. Also, there are a lot of plants that just look super phallic. I left all of those off. <laughs> But I kind of did want to talk about some do, of them. Do you remember that there was like I, there were those seeds that were on like uh, like I was considering buying these seeds for this oh, plant yeah. that I know I couldn't grow, but it's just it's just like a big wiener it watermelon. Just looks like a penis. It's so funny. I just thought like if I could grow that, what? How funny would that be? <laughs> it's a big yeah. tree full of There's... melon wieners. Mm-hmm. But no wiener no. fruit. Wiener fruit. <laughs> 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 but no. Did not, uh, did not buy that. Actually, yeah. all actually, I think also like most of those plants don't actually look like that. Yeah, it was just a couple of them look really like it, but yeah. not all the fruit looks like that. <laughs> it was real goofy. Yeah. Anyway, penis plants aside, uh, this has been another episode of Goose Chase. Goose Chase. Ninety nine. Uh, when we come back next time, we'll have our hundredth episode and whatever yeah. that is. Whatever we do with that, we uh, we have some ideas. But yeah. uh, it'll be nice to celebrate doing this thing for a hundred oh, times, a hundred whole times. It's just crazy. I don't even know how it's possible. I don't know that there's a lot of things I've done a hundred times. <laughs> I know, right? Aside from the essential things. Yeah, right. Like pooping. Pooping. Yeah. No I think secret. I think I've probably hit a hundred by now. Oh yeah, you've definitely <laughs> hit a hundred by now. <laughs> I hit a hundred in a week. Uh, That's not true. Weird. That's not it's not true. Uh, we'll, we'll be back <laughs> next time uh, with another episode of Goose Chase. Thank you for listening, as always. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Chase Pod, and our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 